You've probably heard it all before, but this time, let Dr. Lanker connect the dots in a way that makes the Christian faith come alive. I'm your host, Dr. Jason Lanker, and I'm here to help you connect the dots. As a pastor and professor for the last 30 years, I want to help you not only understand the Christian faith, but to make it a transformative part of your everyday experience. Join me as we connect the dots. After hearing about how God calls so many unworthy people to him so that he can use them for his worship and to accomplish his purposes, a natural question that may arise is why does God use such imperfect people to make his church? When you think about it, though, who do you think needs God's help the most? It's the people that are the most broken, and because his heart longs to love, it longs to make things right, he calls those of us who are completely inadequate to be with him. And the reason why he does this is what Paul explains in verse 3 of chapter 1 when he says, Blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. It's a short verse, but it's packed with a lot of insight into what God's plans are for his church. The first thing that Paul unpacks here is that God is blessing. Literally in Greek says, blessed is God. He's the original hashtag blessed. He's the one that is full of goodness in and of himself. It's not that he has blessings to give to us. It's that he gives us himself. And as we receive him, we receive blessing in that process. Because he is so full of blessing and we are not, that blessing literally pours through our hand and it flows out into the world around us. And that's part of his plans. He doesn't want us to hold on to all the goodness he has for us. He wants it to be spread and he wants it to go into the places, into the people's lives that need it the most. And the people who need him the most are the ones who are most in need of a family. This is where Paul again says, blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He wants to remind us that he has called us into community. And that is one of our greatest blessings. We're no longer orphans. We're no longer widows. In the church, we find our place. And that place is a place of blessing for us in every time and in every place. It's for us everywhere. This is why he says next, he is the one who has blessed us in the heavenly realm. This is really important. His blessing is for us, not you, because he is our Father. And God wants to bring us into that eternal family where his blessings become something that we have to be able to pass on to those around us. And those blessings are in the heavenly realms. When we hear that term, a lot of times we think of, okay, our blessings are for when we die and go to heaven. Well, for the Greeks and the Hebrews, when they talked about the heavens, the heavens were anything without physical space. So literally the air and the sky around us were as much the heavens as the places where the stars existed. Paul has one other thought that he wants to combine with this in verse 4, when he says, just as he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless before him. There's a lot in this verse as well. 
First, he chose us. We are chosen by him. I, I don't know if you've ever been on that line, that proverbial line where everybody else is chosen and you're the last one in that process. That's what's at the heart of this thought. But to add to it, it isn't just a, I want you. It's that I've called us into me. I've called you to be blessed in Christ, in him, and I chose it before the foundations of the world. I just don't have a love for you. I have a love for you to be a part of my people. It has a very corporate feel to it. It brings us into something bigger than ourselves. And when we were chosen to be in him, we were chosen to be his people. We were chosen to be in relationship with the Godhead, Father, Son, and Spirit that's at work throughout all of this blessing. We're also chosen to be literally in His being. If we're going to be chosen to be in Him, we're literally in His personhood. So God lives in us and we live in God in this mutual relationship where He fills us with His being and with His ultimate purposes. These purposes have been set before time ever began. He knew that he wanted to have a people that were so intimately united with him that they became one with him. And they became like him. That's why it says in the second part of the verse to be holy and blameless before him. It's not to become holy and blameless. It's to be holy and blameless because God himself is holy, not lacking in anything, and blameless, never made a mistake in that process of having everything. When he calls us to himself, he puts a new jersey on us. It's the jersey of the saints. And he says, you are now my people. You are now called by my name, and you are who I am. Not because this is what you'll be later, but this is who you are because you are mine. You are in me, and you are before me, and you are holy and blameless in that process except, in essence, your new identity. By being in his sight and being before him, is another way it may be translated here, is that that is the way he views us. He views us as his people, called into this relationship with him. In fact, this relationship that a lot of times we talk about as being the love of God is something that at the end of this verse, Translators have been debating this for centuries, whether it says to be holy and blameless before him in love, or to just simply be holy and blameless before him, and then in love goes with the next section that we'll talk about in our next episode. Either way, it's possible. That's why we've been debating it for such a long time. But what it says is it says that our holiness and our blamelessness isn't just a positional thing. It's a relational thing. It's something that God has given to his people whom he loves deeply and greatly. And walking through just these first two verses of Paul's eulogy of the God who is blessing himself, we see a very important point that serves as the heading for much of what Paul is going to say in the following verses. God lovingly chose to give himself to us, and by doing so, he gave us his blessings. He gave it to us, a new and holy and blameless people. And by simply putting us in him, 
now that he is the omnipresent God, wherever, whenever we are together under the king's control in the heavens, all of those spiritual blessings are available for us. So often in our world, when we come to Christ or or we see the troubles in the world around us, we want God to give us new things, new people, things that we can see, touch, taste, or feel. And what God says is, close your eyes and just experience. Open your hearts and just experience all that I have for you. I have chosen you and I will fill you with my blessings blessings that will fill you from the inside out and you will be blessed in order to become a blessing just like me because you are now my holy people called to my name. That is a great gift and something that we need to unpack more in our next episode.